Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. Hey, Transformers and everyone watching, welcome to another amazing episode of Different. We are in episode two this week, and we are exploring this message that Peter writes to these persecuted Christians. And of course, it's coming from the letter of First Peter. Now, if you were with us last week, you heard about Peter writing to these persecuted Christ followers that were in the middle of this turmoil. What had happened was that Nero, who was the emperor of Rome, had burnt down the city and the fire burned for six whole days. And so at the end of this, people were looking for someone to blame. Of course, someone had to take the brunt of this disaster. And so in the middle of all of this situation were a small group of Christ followers and they were a minority and so they were easy to blame and so Nero decided to blame them and let them be take the brunt of all of the hate and all of the vileness that were being thrown on them from all the people around them and so their lives were in turmoil they were persecuted they were made a spectacle of they were taken to arenas and and killed and you know wild animals ravaged them and ripped them apart and they were going through this extreme persecution but Peter's writing to them to inform them that they are not living in a world that is their own. They are different because this world or that world at the time was not their home. They were called to be different. And I want you to understand the weight and the responsibility that Peter has when he writes this letter. And he uses these extreme, amazing words that he writes. I'm going to read that for you before we get started. But this is what he writes. He said, Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time here as foreigners, here in reverent fear. And so Peter uses the word foreigners, temporary residents. And this is what he wants you to understand. He wants them and he wants us to understand that we are called to be different, different in our attitude, different in our values, different in how we interact with this world. And so the message entitled today is different values in this culture. And so that's exactly what Peter's trying to impress upon these Christ followers. Because you see, God did not create us to fit in. We are called to stand out. We're called to have a different set of outlooks on life. And God never asked us to actually blend in. He set us apart. He set us and called us to be different. In fact, you know, we're not supposed to be normal. What is normal? Who wants to be normal? Think about what normal is in our current world. The normal in our world is anxiousness, fear, anxiety, stress, all kinds of aggression that go on from recent times, hurting, hatred, 
all of these emotions. If that is normal, then I certainly don't want to be normal. I'm not sure if you want to be normal, but I'm, I'm challenging you that you don't want to be normal. And that's exactly what Peter is saying. We have to be different. If you understand what Jesus actually said, he said this, you know, broad is the way and wide is the road that leads to destruction. And a lot of people get in that road. A lot of people follow down that path. But he said there's a contrary path to that. It is narrow, it is small, and only a few people find it. And that's the difference. He says a lot of people go down that path, a few people follow this path. But we are called to follow the narrow path, the small path that he talked about. The small gate and the narrow entrance. And so one of the scripture writers said this, Do not adopt the pattern of this world. What is a pattern? A pattern is a repeatable design. You know, when you can see a pattern, you look at it, it's pleasing to the eye sometimes, but it's a repeatable design. And so you can see that, you know, you have a design that's followed by another design that's exactly the same and exactly the same. And so the scripture writers were saying, do not adopt the pattern of this world because it has a pattern of replicating itself. And we as Christ followers are not called to be repeatable patterns. We're called to be different because we are different. God created us to be different. And we have to understand that we don't have to live in a pattern of this world. And so if you are watching today and you think you are perfect, this message is not for you. You can change the channel, you can go somewhere else. But to all the rest of us who are struggling with all of these things in our present world, I'm challenging you because this is the place for you. Paul, the great apostle, he had a very similar thought. And he writes in the book of Romans, this is what he says. He says, do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And if I want you to stop for a moment and begin to think about those two words, conformed and transformed. What does conform actually mean? Conform means to make smaller, to take a shape of, to take on the pattern of. You know, if you look at this bottle of water, the water in there has conformed to the shape of this bottle. It has taken on the shape of this bottle. So it doesn't have an identity of its own. It's taken on another shape. It's trying to fit in to something else. And so that's exactly what Paul, writing in Romans, tells us. Do not be conformed. Don't try to fit in. Don't try to take the shape of. Don't adopt the patterns of this world, but be transformed. What is a transformation? It means it has this idea of bursting out, of coming into something new. It's about coming into who you really are. You know, when I talk about transformation, I love to go to the example of a caterpillar going or transforming into a butterfly. You know, you have this ugly caterpillar go around eating leaves, but then it goes to this pupa stage and then it transforms into this marvelous, beautiful butterfly that has no inkling of its former self. It is completely different. And you know the thing about transformation? It's a one-way street. A butterfly has never ever reverted back into a caterpillar. But a caterpillars all across the world to this present day 
go from caterpillars to butterflies because that is a transformation. So that's exactly what Paul is telling us. And I want to share with you, speaking about caterpillars, you know, we all kind of start out as caterpillars at some point in our life. We don't actually enter this world as beautiful butterflies. I can remember, you know, telling you a story. Back when I was in my early 20s, you know, I used to work in a retail environment and I used to be one of the shift managers. And for some reason, I think God did this, God allowed this guy to come and work with us. You know, he transferred in from a different store and he was the most stressful person you could ever work with. You know, he showed up late. He never did what he was supposed to do. He was always running around. He was always missing. When you're looking for him to find someone to help someone, he's always missing. He was hiding out in the back. And so when it came time to clean up, he was missing. When it came time to talk to customers, he was missing. And so it was a stressful situation trying to deal with this. And so, you know, month after month, day after day, talking to him, trying to get him to do things was just not going the right way. And so finally, under a tremendous amount of pressure, I just lost it, you know. And there were some words in the back of my mind that early walk as a Christ follower almost 20 years ago. You know, I had been a Christ follower for a couple of years at that point. And so these words that were in the back of my mind, somehow under that pressure just came right out of my mouth, you know. And they're not words I can repeat now. It's not words I've said for many years, but it just came right out, you know, because it was so stressful and this person was just getting on your last nerves. But this word just came flying out, you know, on the upper echelon of bad words that you would use in your, in your life. It was right there at the top, and it was just very bad. And I began to think about it later, and I said, you know, these are the words that when I go to church, or the mouth, this is when I go to church, and I'm using this mouth to praise God, and yet out of the same mouth come these bad words that under pressure and frustration, no doubt. You know, and some people say, well, that's just normal, you know. Under pressure, things happen. But here's the thing. Peter's telling us that we are not supposed to be normal. We're not supposed to have the same pattern. We're not supposed to react in the same way. And so, you know, uh, that came to my life, and I was struggling with that at that point, and, you know, trying to work through how do I do this. And so, a, lot, a time after that, I, I chose not to, and I brought my mouth under control, but still internally, there was all those thoughts that were still there. And so, even though externally, I wasn't using the words, internally, I was not completely transformed yet. You see, transformation sometimes take, a t- take time, and God is working on us from the inside to the outside. And so I want to remind you again of what Peter's actually saying. He's saying it to those people, those persecuted Christ followers, and he's saying it to us in just the same way. He says this again, you know, in 1 Peter chapter 1, 14 and 16, he says, as obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. You know, we lived in that state. We lived in the state of ignorance. We didn't know any better. And so we acted like everyone else acted. But Peter's saying that's how you were. You acted in ignorance. You no longer have to act that way. You can be different. And he continues and he says, But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written... Be holy because I am holy. That's what God says. 
I am holy. And so a lot of times, you know, we struggle. One of the biggest areas we struggle is to please people. We try to please people in our life. We try to do the things that will make other people happy and try to fit in and do things that, you know, we might not necessarily choose to do, but we just want to be a part of things. And a lot of us struggle in this area. And another big area is, you know, we think that we have to be happy because God wants us to be happy. We just have to be happy in all we do. And so a lot of people wrongfully believe that God's highest calling is happiness, that God wants us to be happy. And that is completely contrary to what the scriptures actually tell us and what Peter is actually telling us. God's highest calling is not to make us happy, it's to make us holy. God's highest calling is to make us holy. And so we've gotten to this era of thinking, and I call this the theology of happiness because you know we think that God's responsibility is to just make us happy and when we think that way we often make wrong choices that leads to personal justification you know since God wants me to be happy well I think that big screen TV is going to make me happy and yes it'll get me in debt and yes I'll be struggling for a little while but it's going to make me happy so why can't I have it you know I want to go here and do that And I know that's not probably the best thing to do, but I'm going to do it because it's going to make me happy. Surely God can't be against me being happy. And so we we, let's play fill in the blanks, right? We have this thing where we say, since God wants me to be happy, then I can do blank. You can do whatever you want. You can fill in whatever it wants, you know, in your life, whatever. Since God wants you to be happy, surely you're able to do this or go here or behave this way. And so we fall into personal justification and we go into a pathway that is not in alignment with what God is saying. In fact, God says, I want you to be holy. The word holy means to be separated, to be distant from. And so when we believe that God wants to keep us happy above all else, we can make choices when we are at discomfort, when we are at delaying, you know, we don't have the right answer, we have to wait, we're going to rush out and make our own choices. When we are at risk, you know, we make wrong choices. When we are suffering, surely God doesn't want us to suffer. So we can go out and just alleviate our suffering, even though it might not be the right choice. And without knowing it, we begin to worship the false gods of comfort, of money, of pleasure, and the accumulation of things. And we move God out of that place of prominence in our life under the guise of being happy. And here's the thing. We think that God is here to serve us in order to make us happy. He has to do our bidding. And I often refer to this as the Aladdin and Genie complex. You know the story. You've probably watched the cartoon or the live action movie. Not a fan of the live action movie. But here's the thing. Aladdin finds this magic lamp, right? And he rubs it and out pops this genie. And the genie says, whatever your wish is, is my command. And Aladdin can do whatever wish he wants and the genie's responsibility is to go and perform that wish. And we often equate God in the same way. We probably don't think about it in the same way, but exactly how we behave. We say, I want this God because this is going to make me happy and God's responsibility in our mind is to go off and perform that task. And if he doesn't do it the way we want to, then we're not happy and we think that, you know, God's not doing what we want us to do. Here's an important fact. God 
does not exist to serve us. We exist to serve him. We exist to be holy, to be different, to be separated unto his particular calling, what he has asked us to do. And so the word holy comes from the word hagias, which means holy, of course, translated holy, but it also means set apart, different, and pure. And so think about it in this fashion. A lot of times we live conformed and adjusted to and adopting all the behaviors, the lifestyle choices, and the things that go on in the world around us. And then we raise our kids in the same ideology, in the same thinking, in the same behavior. As parents in your house, you are leaders to lead your kids in the ways and guidance of what God does. So if we behave in the same way other people behave, if we talk the same way, if we have the same attitudes, but yet we have the guise of difference, it's going to be a huge discrepancy when it comes to your children because little eyes are watching and little ears are hearing everything you do and everything you act. And if you want your children to be great Christ followers living in a world that is they don't adopt but be transformative, then we have to take on that responsibility as well. You can't expect to raise children who are different from the world if you are adopting to the world. And so Peter, again, I'm going to remind you what he says. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into the old ways of living to justify your own desires. You know, he says, don't slip into your old behaviors. Don't slip or trip into your own life choices because you're called to be different. You know, as far as I know, we always slip and fall into sin. No one's ever slipped and accidentally fall into being righteous or holy. No one ever goes, you know what, I was living this horrible life and somehow I accidentally slipped and became holy and righteous. No one ever does that because it's impossible. We have to make choices to live in a world that is different because here's the reality. We have an enemy who is subtly, sneakily going around pulling us into our old behaviors. And he's asking us a question. Did God really say you can't do that? And it's the same thing he did right from the start. If you go back to the Garden of Eden, that's exactly what he said to Eve. Did God really say you can't eat that fruit? And so he comes into our life and he says the same thing. Did God really say you can't have that big screen TV? Did God really say you can't go down to that place? Did God really say that you can't post half-naked pictures on, on Instagram? Hashtag naked for life, you know, get naked for likes. Did God really say you can't do that? No, he didn't. You want people to like you, right? You want people to follow you, right? So there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing bad about that. And so he says, did God really? And so we kind of fall on that path. And so people say, you know, you know what? You know what, Pastor Gregory? To be honest, I don't do that. I'm not like that a lot of people. I, I'm actually better than that. I don't, I don't behave in the same way. I'm a better than a lot of people. But here's the thing. God does not call us to be better than a lot of people. That is not the standard to be better than the majority, but to be what God has called us to be.
And so the question then is, why be holy? What does it matter? Does it really matter? Well, Peter addresses that and he says this, For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from that empty way of life, handed down from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake, for your sake, for my sake. Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. And so God is saying, be holy, not separated from proximity, but separated in our heart, in our desire. So it's not just because we want to behave differently for the sake of our behavior. We're behaving that way because we want to please God, because we want to do what's right in his sight. And so it's not because I want to live in a certain way of thinking. I'm doing it because of what God or what Jesus has done for me. I want to be holy because it pleases God, not because I have to, but because I want to. And so we're not talking about behavior modifications. I'm not asking you to think outwardly and behave in a certain way to please other people so other people can look at you and say, oh, what an awesome, you know, Christ follower he is, or what an awesome Christian they are. Look at how they are. They're just so perfect and they just do everything. That's just behaving outside but internally if our heart is not right if our heart isn't desired to please God it doesn't matter what you behave on the outside because God sees the intents of our heart in fact out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks if our inside hasn't had true transformation outside behaviors are not really an indicator of our internal spiritual transformation. So I'll remind us again, we're not talking about behavior modification. We're talking about spiritual transformation. And it's about the desire of our hearts to be different, to live different, to have different values. And so Peter encouraged us not to behave in the former fashion of what we used to do, but to live into the desire to please God. And the, the reality is this, if we have that internal desire to please God, to live for God, to desire God, then we actually will not choose to go down a path that displeases God and displeases ourselves. We choose. And the reality is that all of us sin more than we want to. No one chooses willfully to be sinful. We do it more than we actually want to. And so to be holy, what God is asking us is not about trying to be separated from proximity to the world it's not being isolated in the past you know people told us well if you want to be separated unto god you need to separate yourself from the world you don't have to associate with people that is completely contrary again it's not about separation from people but it's about separation from our desire of our heart that makes a difference in fact we are called to live amongst every single person to be a light to be an influence and to be a hope not to be separated in proximity but to be transformed spiritually. And here's the big thought I want to leave to you that is super, super important. And I want you to lean in and listen to this because it's so transformational, because this is what it is. Living holy 
isn't a path to know Christ. Knowing Christ is the path to living holy. And it's such an important difference because we don't live, you know, separated just to to be, you know, God, I want to be like you. So I'm going to just cut myself off from everything. No, but it's knowing Christ. It's that desire of our heart. It's that overwhelming need to be in God's presence, to just be at that place where we are in love with him. And this relationship is what really matters. It's knowing Christ that is the path to living holy. Because everything I do, I do because I want to and not because I have to. And that makes a big difference. So Peter encourages us to live a life that's different because we are not actually people that dwell in this place. We are temporary residents. We are passing through. Our values come from heaven. Our culture comes from heaven. And so to adopt heavenly culture and heavenly values is the true intent of every Christ follower. Not because we have to, I'll remind you again, but because we want to. Let me just close by saying this. Peter was writing, I'll remind you, to a people who were extremely under persecution. And he wants them to act differently, even under the tremendous pressure of losing their lives. And that's exactly what God has called us to, to behave, to act, and to live with heavenly values in a world that does not understand, agree, or even comprehend our values. We are called not to fit in, but to stand out as shining examples for the glory of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God Almighty, Father, we thank you today that we don't have to be conformed to the pattern of this world, but we are truly transformed by the renewing of our minds, that in you, Christ, in you, Jesus, we do have the freedom and the relationship and the desire to be what you call us to be, to be separated, to be different in our attitudes, in our behaviors, and in our values. Not in our proximity to our dealings with the world, but in the heart desire to live as prime examples of true Christ followers in a fallen world. So bless your people. Bless your church. Continue to equip, bless, sanctify us according to your mighty hand. We honor you and we bless you. We give you all praise and thanks. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hello again, and thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. 
Have an amazing day.